Don't you look at me in John chapter 10. This is to clarify that he still talks today. John chapter 10, uh, verse two, John 10, two says this. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now you understand, we're not talking about furry, four-legged animals here. We're talking about people. Who is the shepherd? Anybody got any idea? Look in verse 11. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So you understand Jesus is the shepherd. And shepherd sheep is a picture of what he is to us. He's not my judge anymore. Jesus took my wrath when I bowed my knee and humbled myself. He's not my judge anymore. He's my friend and father and shepherd. Savior, healer, peace provider, and all that other stuff. Jesus said, the, the Bible said, the Lord is my shepherd. Shall not want. I want you to read in verse two. The Bible says this. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep, what? Hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. What does that mean? He speaks to people individually. Now, there's times I spoke to all my children, but there's times I spoke to one child. I want to talk to Bubba. I'm talking to you. Then when Jesus not only speaks to his people, he calls his sheep by name. He'll speak individually to you. Now watch this, verse three. The doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them. He talks to you and he leads you. Verse four. He brings out his own sheep. He goes before them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. How can you follow Jesus if you can't hear him? How can you follow Jesus if you don't know his voice? You, you've got to learn to hear him speak so he can lead you somewhere. You say, where's he going to take me? That's a great question. Contrary to what I was taught as a young man, he doesn't take you to a pathetic, miserable religious life. Can I get a witness? Amen. Let me show you where he takes you. It's in verse 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. You learn to listen to this man talk and follow him, let him lead you. He'll take you to a great life. Can you not see it? He came so you can have abundant life. Let's read one more, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they do what? They follow me. Is this deep or what? You can see the Bible teaches he still speaks today and he talks to us. And if we'll learn to listen to him, he can lead us to the great. Everybody's in here because you're looking for something. I never met a person who says, I wish my life was worse. You wouldn't be here today if you weren't looking for something. Right here's what you're looking for. He wants to take you there. But to get there, you have to hear my voice. You have to hear his voice. All right, let me teach you something here. Learning the voice of God is a learn. You have to learn to do it. It's not, we don't know how. You have to learn how to do it. And then once you learn how to do it, you can do it. Here's why. He doesn't speak to us like people do. He speaks different than people. How do we listen to people? We listen with our ear and then we process it intellectually. You say something to me, I hear it with this ear right here. It goes in my mind and you might make me mad by what you said. You might make me happy by what you said. You might bore me with what you said. <laughs> That's how we hear people speak. They speak in our ear and we process it with our mind and emotions. That's not how he speaks. I want you to turn me to 1 Samuel chapter 3 where the Bible shows you and I. This is a passage where an old preacher, get it, an old preacher taught folks that were hearing the voice of God. You're hearing it. You just don't recognize it. First Samuel three, little fellow named Samuel. He's a boy. His mama couldn't have a child. So she went to church and she prayed, I want a child. God gave her a child. She said, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. So when that boy got a little bit aged to him, maybe six, seven, eight years old, she took him back to the church, gave him to the old preacher, the old priest at the time, his name was Eli. He said, I'm going to let him live here with you in your apartment. And it was attached to the church or temple. I'm going to let him live with you and he'll, he'll take care of you. Because the preacher was getting old. He was losing his eyesight. And this little boy was given to him, given to God to help him, you know, get around, do whatever he needed. I said, God, that's Samuel. He's living in the little church here now. And the Bible said, uh, verse 2 of 1 Samuel 3, 2. Came to pass at that time that Eli was lying down in his place. He went to bed. His eyes had begun to grow dim. He couldn't see. So he was losing his vision. Before the lamp went out in the tabernacle where the ark of God was while Samuel was lying down. So they'd gone to bed. And the, verse four, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel said, here I am. He ran to Eli and said, here I am because you called me. See, God was speaking to him. He didn't know it. 
So he gets up and he runs in the preacher's bedroom and says, what, do you, what can I do for you? And the preacher answers him and he says, uh, in verse five, he said, I, I did call you, go lie down again. So he went and lay down again. Verse six, the Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And he said, I, I didn't call you, son, go back to bed. So verse seven, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord revealed to him. Got it? He was hearing the voice of God, but he didn't know how to recognize it. You're going to be surprised how you've been hearing it. You just didn't know what you're hearing. I look with me in verse eight. The Lord called to Samuel the third time. He arose, went to Eli and said, here I am. You did call me. I think he's starting to wonder about this preacher. Watch these words. Eli perceived that it was God talking to him, that the Lord had called the boy. So now that he, he, he said, he's hearing the voice of God, but he don't know what he's hearing. All right. Verse nine. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be, if he calls you, you must say to him, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. And he went and lay down again. So this old preacher taught him, that's God you're hearing. Now go lay down. And if he, if you hear it again, respond to it. All right, verse 10, this is the fourth time. The Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, speak, Lord, your servant knows how to listen now. Then the Lord spoke to Samuel. The Bible is a book about God. It's written by God, penned through 40 men over 1,500 years and 66 books. In every book of the Bible, what do you see? Every single book of the Bible, you see God speaking to people. And the Bible is a book that teaches about him. What does it teach us? He still speaks to people. But as this case was, this little boy was hearing the voice of God, but he didn't recognize it. He didn't know how to respond to it until an old preacher taught him, that's him. And this is how you respond to what you're hearing. That's why we have to be taught to hear what he says. Now, as I said earlier, we listen to people with our ears, our intellects, our emotions. You have to listen to God different. He speaks different. I want you to look with me. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 20, where it shows us this is where he talks to you at. Proverbs chapter 20. All right, Proverbs chapter 20 is where we see he doesn't talk. He don't speak in your ear. He rarely speaks in your mind, your confused mind especially. Where does he talk at? Well, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 20. And we want to make sure this is in scripture. So we, we base this on his word and not something we saw on late night TV. Proverbs 20, verse 27 says this, the spirit of a man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. In other words, it's your spirit that he sends light to and he speaks through you too. Now you notice it says the spirit of man. Two words in the Bible mean the same thing. Spirit, heart, little s. Big s is his spirit. Little s is your spirit. The spirit and the heart are the same thing. <clears throat> You've got a mind. You can think with it. You have emotions. You go crazy with them. But you have a spirit inside of you. In Romans 7, the third word for it is the inner man. <clears throat> and the Bible said, if God's going to talk to you, where is he going to talk at? Not your mind. That's how people talk. He's going to speak to you in your spirit. The spirit of a man is the light or the candle of the Lord that he illuminates. Right? This is where he talks to you right here. Now, I want you to notice that verse again. Does it say the mind of a man? It says the spirit or the heart of a man. God speaks to you in your heart. He speaks to you right here. That's why it's important that we quit going like this. I heard of an old preacher. and He was a great old preacher. I was reading in a book and he said, I kept hearing these people talk about God talks today. He said, I decided I was going to listen to him. He said, I got up early. I went out on the mountain behind my house and said, I'm going to sit here and he talks. And I sat on a rock and got quiet and listened. And an old crow came and perched in a tree above me. And that's all I heard for several hours is that old crow. He was listening with his ear. The spirit of a man is where God talks. You got to learn to listen with your spirit. All right, let me show you how you recognize his voice. Let me give you another verse here. Turn with me to Psalm 85, 8. Psalm 85. In Psalm 85, you'll see this. When you see this, you, and when I get done, you're going to say, well, he's been talking to me. I just didn't know it. Psalm 85, Psalm 85, I want you to look at this with me. Psalm 85, verse eight says this. 
I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Everybody look right here. You will hear what he will speak. You know what he said? I can hear God speak. You're going to hear what he speaks. I will hear what the Lord God will say, will speak. Watch these words. He will speak peace to his people and to his saints. Dear ones, God speaks to your spirit and the way he speaks is through peace. Peace is the voice of God in your life. This is the number one way he talks to people. This is the number one way he leads our lives. This is the number one way he helps us is by speaking peace to our hearts. Once we get quiet, let him speak. Listen, the Bible said that he'll lead you in everything. I want to quote to you. We may look at later Psalm, excuse me, John 16, 13 says this. I've got to go away. But if I leave, I'm going to send my spirit and I'm going to send you a helper. All right, somebody take a wild guess at what a helper might do. The Holy Spirit. And when he has come, I want you to listen to these words. He will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own initiative. He'll hear me speak and he will speak to you and you will know it's me. That's Psalm, excuse me, I don't know why I'm hung on my Psalm. That's John 16, 13, that I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and he'll talk to you. He'll lead you in every decision. He'll talk to you about your marriage. He'll help you have a great marriage. He'll talk to you about child rearing. He'll talk to you about how to find true happiness on the inside. He'll talk to you about business. You say, what did God know about business? Listen to the Bible. Everything, was, everything, guess what the word everything means? Everything was made by him for him. Listen to this verse. Know ye not that it is the Lord your God who gives you the wisdom to make money? You ought to listen to him just for that. But he'll speak to you. Speak to your heart. He'll speak through peace. He set up a way that if you'll listen to him and you'll wait on him, he'll give you direction in everything you want to do, everything you need to do. And listen to me, you'll never miss it. You'll never miss it. You'll be blessed in everything you do if you'll just let him talk to you. Here's the verse that, that settles everything. Let's turn it to Colossians 3.15. Colossians is the great verse on how we're to be led in our lives. The Bible also calls the Holy Spirit a guide. It says he will guide you into all truth. Anybody here need a guide? Well, you're doing great on your own. Used to be when my son and I'd go fishing in a new place, sometimes we'd hire a guide. Guess what a guide does? He helps you find what you want when you don't know where to look. That's what a guide does. Well, the Holy Spirit's called a guide. Listen, everybody in here is looking for something. Matter of fact, we're always looking for something. We want our kids to do well. We want our marriages to be good. We want our lives to be good. We, we were created needy so he could help us. Well, the Holy Spirit is the one who gets you there. It's the Spirit of Jesus living inside of you. And he gets you there through this pattern. This is the number one way he'll direct your life. Colossians 3.15 says this. Colossians 3.15. Memorize this verse. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts and be grateful. What does rule mean? Make the decisions, call the shots. If you'll, learn to let, if you'll learn to listen to your heart and let the peace of God give you direction in your heart, you'll never miss it. You'll find everything you're looking for. Jesus died to give you everything you want. How come so few Christians have it? Because they've not learned to listen to their spirits. They've not learned to let peace of God. What does rule mean? Run the show. Gotta let him run the show. Let him lead your life. Y'all like bumper stickers. I get, I get tickled at bumper stickers. I, I saw one this past week said, my dog's smarter than your honor student. <laughs> I saw one a while back said, my juvenile delinquent beat your honor student up. <laughs> but you know the dumbest bumper sticker I've ever seen in my life? I mean, it is ultra mega stupidity. It's malignant stupidity. It said this, God is my co-pilot. You don't get no dumber than that. You say, what's wrong with making God your co-pilot? Well, number one, he ain't riding with you. He's seen what you can do. He ain't gonna ride while you're driving. Co-pilot means you're the boss. And he's there in case you need him. He ain't nobody's co-pilot. Let me explain to you what, Colossians 3.15. Let me give it to you, let me read it to you in another version. Pull over, hand him the keys, put him behind the wheel, get in the trunk and lock it and stay there. That's Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God run your life. 
at heart level. And listen to me, do not, and there's a lot of cars got a hole in the back seat where you can climb out of the trunk. Don't do that neither. <laughs> stay there. Please listen to me. If you'll stay in a trunk and let him drive, you will get where you want to be. But you got to let him drive. The number one way he drives your life is through your spirit, through your heart, by peace. Now let's learn how to do this. Let him run your life through peace on the inside. It leads you to abundant life. All right. You got to learn to listen to your spirit. Every decision you make, whether it's big, should I take this job? I'm mad at my wife. Should I go in there and talk ugly to her? That's a decision. If you just learn to stop and say to him humbly, speak, Lord, thy servant listens. Tell me what to do here. If you'll wait, he'll tell you what to do in your spirit. Not your aggravated, confused mind, not your jacked up emotions, your spirit. If you'll learn, if you'll wait, and here's how it is. If the sweetest peace comes into your spirit, he's saying, charge on boy. But if a restlessness and a troubling comes in your spirit, he's saying, uh-uh-uh-uh. That's the number one way he speaks to you. You can run your life like this. Listen to me. <clears throat> Learning everything you do, every decision. You're not, I'm fixing to go deep again. Are you smarter than him? Do I need to bring anybody as a witness up here? <laughs> Let the man run your life through peace in your heart. And listen to just every just. Everything, just make up your mind. What do I do? You don't have to pay a Preachers ought to be shot for praying fancy prayers. Makes people think, pray humble prayers. Just say, what do I do? It's your heart. It's not the prayer. He's not looking for a fancy. You don't even have to, I've had people say, do you think I'm saying it right? What? It's the heart he's looking at, not how you vocalize it. You know, my, my baby, my little youngins are babies. My mama's, my mama, their mama. Their mama's a health freak. She believes in healthy food and all that stuff. And the baby's in high chairs. She's stuffing these pureed peas and green beans in their little beaks. And Well, she'd get up and go to the bathroom. <clears throat> I'd take banana pudding on a spoon. I'd, they'd, they'd like that. Mom would come back and she'd try cramming them carrots, mashed up carrots. That's what they feed you in hell if you go. Cram them things in there. And they'd, they'd go, they'd reach toward that banana pudding and go, ah. Uh, well, I was busted then. But listen to me carefully. Them youngins are reaching, you know. Uh, and I said to them, till you can articulate it as clear as I can, you're not getting none. I knew what they wanted. They didn't even have to say it. They just had to grunt. Daddy knew. We know not how we ought to pray, but he intercedes with groanings too deep for words. You just tell him, tell me what to do. That's the only prayer you need to pray. Just tell me what to do in everything. In everything, let him call the shots in your life. he gets you to a good place, but we've got to learn to wait. Got to learn to wait. And if you'll learn to wait, he'll honor your faith and he'll honor you honoring him. And he'll either put peace in your heart or he'll take peace out of your heart. That's him talking to you. You've been hearing this for a long time, just like Samuel didn't know it. How many of you have ever been in a place where you're fixing to do something and you were up, you were bothered right here? But you did it anyway. That was him talking to you. You just didn't recognize it. <clears throat> every time I've done that, <clears throat> excuse me, every time I did that down the road, I wished I'd kept my mouth shut. Every decision I've made. I remember I was going to go buy a car one time years ago before I had good sense. And I was going to go buy a car. And I just remember being troubled about this thing right here. And I remember, this is so embarrassing. He don't know nothing about cars. I know about cars. I used to be a mechanic. He don't know about cars. Well, I bought that car anyway. My spirit was troubled. I bought it anyway. And guess what? He knew about cars. <laughs> he knows about everything. If you just listen to your spirit and not do anything till his peace is there, you'd have the greatest life. Yes. All right. <clears throat> now, the, let me tell you where we get in trouble. When I have to make a decision or I'm floating through life like you are, do not look for a sign. Doing the days of signs are over. Because we're new covenant believers. He said, well, Gideon put out a fleece. Gideon didn't have the Holy Spirit. Gideon lived in the old covenant. He said, I will guide you by my spirit now. If you put out a fleece, you're going to get fleeced. <laughs> People said, well, I thought this was a sign from God. Dear ones, peace is from God, not signs. Quit looking for a sign. Don't listen to voices. 
Whatever you're doing today, don't listen to the prophetic voices where people say, I've got a word of God from you. I've got one too. Right here it is. I'm not being unkind. That's dangerous. Do not look for open doors. I believe the Lord opened a door. We are led by peace. Even if a door is open, you better check and make sure he opened it. Hornyhead can open it. A lot of people, when they tell me they've got an open door, I saw them kick it open. Dear ones, peace is how we live. He'll guide your life by peace every time if you just let him do that. And you say, all right, Brother Brian, why do I have to wait? That's a great question. You have to wait for the racket to settle down. This is 1 Kings chapter 17. We might look at it later. There was a guy named Elijah. He was a great prophet. Things really went crazy in his life. He got upset. He even said, I want to die. And God spoke to him and said, go stand on the mountain and wait for me to talk to you. Dear ones, listen to me. When things are not going well, don't do nothing. People say, well, don't just stand there and do something. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Listen to me. Don't just do something. Stand there. Wait. Those who wait on the Lord. So he went to the top of that mountain and the Bible said there was racket. It said there was a fire and there was wind and the rocks were cracking and earthquake. Listen to what the Bible said. But God wasn't in that racket. And then it said after all that passed, suddenly a still small voice came, healed him and told him what to do. What's that a picture of? We get in situations we're emotionally upset and people are saying this and this one's saying this and we got, our kids are going crazy and all. You can't hear God with all that racket in your head. You got to get quiet so you can hear that still small voice. Yes. And after the racket clears, then you'll hear that peace. Listen, not in your head, down here. The sweetest peace will fill your heart and you'll know that's him. He's talking to me right there. That's how he speaks. It's through our hearts like that. All righty. Let me give you a picture of this, best I know how. When I'm, I started out as a young fellow, got saved, loved Jesus. Knew, I had the Holy Spirit in me. I was excited about Jesus. I believed the Bible. I went to church, had the great time, even became a preacher. But I was never taught to listen to God. I was taught, let the preachers tell you what to do and read the Bible and do the best you can and get on the winning team and rock and roll, dude. That is a blind man hunting blackbirds in the dark with a rifle. You'll hit one once in a while, but that ain't how it's supposed to be. And I was taught, let God run your life through your spirit. And the fellow who taught me this, he said, let me tell you where I learned it from. He was an evangelist. He traveled going to different churches and he was, he was well known. And um, he said, I'd get all these invitations. Now this was before email in the days of letters. Uh, uh, for you young people, it's a piece of paper. You write on it. <laughs> you have to have, a, it's called a pen. It's about that long. back when the phone was tied to the wall. I know you don't believe that. <laughs> and he said, I'd get these letters. And he said, I got far more invitations than I could go to. All right. How are you going to find out which one God wants you to go to? There was many of the decisions we make are not in the Bible. Your company says, oh, we want you to move to Dallas, take a promotion. That's not in the Bible. How are you going to find out? So he said, I, I'm wondering, who, how do I take all these invitations and whatnot? And he said, a week earlier, I'd preached at a big convention and a fellow came up to him and he said, let me ask you something. He said, do you ever go to small churches? You know, this is a big time preacher. Do you ever go to small churches? He said, I'm going to go wherever the Lord sends me to. He said, well, if you ever, if you ever lays it on your heart, come to our church. We'd love to have you. And he said, not, he said the week before I'd gotten a letter from a letter, letters, I got a letter from a fellow who had a great big church. And, and you know what great big church means to evangelists, don't you? Pay good. God said, can you clear a date in the fall to come be with us? And he said, I, I picked up a piece of paper, started writing back. And listen to this. I started to write the letter, but something just bothered me about sending him a letter. I watered it up through the trash can. Two days later, I said, well, I need to answer him. I took a piece of paper and I started to write and tell him I had open dates in September, October. But some, I just was so uncomfortable. I just wadded up through it in the trash can. He said, a day later, I'm praying and said, the spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart and said, no, this is the only time I'll talk to you like this. I want to teach you this and you teach it to other people. He said, when you got that invitation to that big church, which you knew would pay a good offering, he said, and there was a restlessness and you just were bothered down here. He said, that was me telling you in your spirit, I don't want you to go there. Right. That was me. He said, when that other preacher came up to you at that meeting and asked you, would you go to a small church? 
and there was a sweetness came right in here, a peace. And every time you thought about it, you got the sweetest feeling right here. That was me telling you, I want you to go there. He said, now this is the last time I'll ever talk to you like this. From now on, I want you to be led by the peace of God in your heart. Just bring everything you got to do before me and you wait. And if there's a sweet peace and it settles down in here, I'm saying, let's go. But if, there, if you're bothered and, you, and, the, and you're uncomfortable down here, that's me saying, we're not going to do this. Let me make the decisions and I'll take care of you. That applies to every person. Now I'm going to show you in the Bible. If you get a restlessness in your spirit, that's him talking to you. I want you to look at me in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Turn back a little bit. The same fellow that wrote Colossians, that the Lord wrote Colossians through, wrote Corinthians. His name is Paul. And he, he who said, let the peace of God rule in your heart, he lived by this. And you're going to see here why he, he practiced it. Now, what's the opposite of peace? Troubled, bothered, upset. That's the opposite of peace. In your heart. Read 2 Corinthians 2 with me. Verse uh, 12. 2 Corinthians 2, 12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel, a door was opened to me by the Lord. So he came to preach. Watch verse 13. But I had no rest in my spirit. What does that mean? I had no rest in my spirit. I couldn't get peace about it. That I was bothered down here. There was rest means restlessness. I just didn't have any peace there. Watch this. I couldn't get rest in my spirit. I couldn't find Titus. Taking my leave of them, I went to Macedonia. What did he let run his life? He got there, he went to preach, but he was, couldn't get peace about being there. There was a restlessness, so he just got up and went somewhere else. So this man let God lead his life through his heart. Restlessness is get up and go. No, we don't do this. I'm not in this. I don't want you doing this. Peace means I'm in this and I want you doing this. This is the number one way he speaks to his children. Listen, if you'll learn to listen to him and let him lead your life like this, you'll never miss it. All right, let me give you an example. Let's make this real life. Your wife does something you don't like. Aren't we spiritual today? Aren't we spiritual today in here? Listen, you said, what do you mean your wife does something you don't like? It's called marriage, Bubba. Why do you think, I got a wedding at three o'clock. Why do you think I'm fixing to say better or worse? Worse. We're sticking. Worse. Sickness and in health. There'll come a day you're sick of him. I know you're happy right now. All right, your wife does something you don't like. Or let's make it your husband. They do something you don't like. And you go marching, you go tell them about it. And something down here goes, ah, uh, uh. Now listen, he doesn't grab you by the throat and say, you are not going to do it. Still, small voice. But you know when he's talking. And there's a restlessness. And you don't feel right about it. You don't feel right in my spirit. You know what he's saying? Don't do that. The question is not, can he speak? The question is, can I listen? Now, let me tell you, if you'll listen to him, you say, but I want to tell her off so bad. Who cares? <laughs> let me make an announcement. Two things you need to know, boys. Number one, being right is highly overrated. <laughs> being warm should be appreciated. Can I get a witness? I'd rather be wrong and warm. All right. But you've got to learn to listen in every area of your life. He'll run your life from right here. And you'll never miss it. You won't have to say, I'm sorry. You won't have to go back and clean up messes. You'll be on the right road every time. I lead them. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. I lead them to green pastures. Be right every time if you'll do that. This will work in every area of life. Let me tell you one of the craziest ones I've heard. A preacher friend told me, he said, I got a fellow in my church. He's an investor. And he's a multi-millionaire. Made his money investing. Well, I'm thinking investment banker, sharp guy. He said he's a farmer. Never went past eighth grade. I said, how does a farmer know how to invest? He said, not only that, he said, he's the only investor I ever met that never lost a dime. Even great investors lose money because it's a risk. He said, he's never lost a dime and he made millions of dollars as a farmer. He started playing with the market, just a little change at the time and it kept growing, he kept investing. And he told me this. He said, I decided that I'd let Colossians 3.15 be the cornerstone of my investments that I, I would always let the peace of God make decisions. So he said, when decisions came before me, I'd take them and I'd just pray about it. I'd say, oh, Lord, this, here's this opportunity to invest. I'm going to wait on you. And he said, if I got a sweet peace over time about that thing, I'd invest in it. 
But if my spirit was troubled and something just uneasy down here, I'd wait. They said a lot of times my mind would say, you better jump on this fast. <laughs> Listen to me. Hurry is not from the devil. Hurry is the devil. Peace is the opposite of hurry. Slow down. And he said, he, uh, he said, I never did. He said, I had times where people got on me and I wouldn't invest in something. And they said, it's a sure miss. You an idiot. You're going to miss out here. And he said, guess what happened a year later? It collapsed. Unknownst. And he said, there's other times when well-trained investors would tell me, don't, don't, that's dangerous. Don't do that. You, you're going to lose everything here. And he said, I made money every time because I would let the peace of God rule in my investing. He said, how God know about stuff like that? Look right here. He's real smart. He knows about child. If you'll learn to let his peace lead in your heart, everything. All right, I go in the house one day and I, get, I go in the kitchen and I find out one of my youngs had done something and it irritated me mildly. And I said, I'll straighten this mess out right now. So I leave the kitchen. I'm walking down the hall and the bedroom's back and I'm going to go, I'm straightening this mess out. You've been there. Let me tell you what I've learned. Let me tell you what I've trained myself. The bathroom was in front of the bedroom. I turned aside, went in the bathroom and I said, quiet, speak. And a quietness came. You know, in my flesh, in my natural thinking, I'm going to straighten somebody's rear end out. I wasn't going to beat nobody. I was just going to threaten to. <laughs> but I got quiet and all of a sudden that quietness came and this is what was impressed on my spirit. There's something you don't know. Thank you. This is not rebellion. This is fear. Hand, go in there quietly. Handle it different. And I went in there and I handled it that way and it turned out to be a great blessing. If we would just slow down and say, tell me what to do. And let his peace call the shots in our life. We'd never miss it. Any, any area, any area, no matter what it is. Now, not only that, listen to me. He'll give, if you'll slow down, he'll give you peace for comfort. He said, I will give you another. The Holy Spirit's called the comforter. Guess what a comforter does? Didn't you do this to your children? You know, they get all upset about something. You put your arm around them, it's going to be all right, and they just settle down. That's the comforter. And he'll help you with this. How many times, listen to me, if you're upset, something is wrong. That's not abundant life. If you're afraid, that ain't right. That you're not, believers should not be afraid. My peace I give unto them. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. But you can't just roll through life wide open. You got to wait on it. And let him put his peace in your heart. Get settled in. There's what I've learned. I don't care what it is. If I'm not quiet on the inside, I ain't doing nothing else till I get quiet. Until I get his peace on the inside, I'm not going to live without peace. I'm addicted to it. It has replaced cocaine as my number one drug. It serves the same purpose. It's a whole lot cheaper and you will not spend time in Terry Johnson's jail if you'll use peace instead of cocaine. Can I get a witness? How many drug addicts have I heard tell me I ate, took anything I could to find some peace? The peace of God is what we're created for. We weren't created to live tore up, nervous, fearful, worried. We were created to live in peace. Yes. And he gives us his peace to live like that. A friend of mine told me this not long ago. Service center. He owns a service center. And he said a woman got hurt in there and said, you know, the law firm, Dewey Cheatham and Howe got hold of her. And we're going to sue him and take everything he's got. It was her own fault. And uh, he said, I was upset. I'm going to lose everything I got. So, you know, he said, I know how crazy these lawsuits are in front of these. Everybody's against the business, man. They all for poor old pitiful. And he said, I just so upset. Said I'd lay in bed at night, couldn't go to sleep thinking about it. And he said, after a couple, and this is a Christian. After a couple of days, he said, I finally was in my little office at shop and I said, this is ridiculous. He said, so what if I lose everything? It ain't worth worrying about. And he said, I'm going to pray about this. They should have done that to start with. And he said, I just bowed and said, Lord Jesus, I give it all to you. I don't care but I'm not going to live like this. He said, I left out, I got up, I walked, I was walking across the bay, the service bay. He said, I can take you right to the spot. He said, all of a sudden something came over me and it was like all that worry, it just lifted off of me and the sweetest peace just came over me. And he said, I didn't have a care in the world. You know what that's called? Be worried for nothing. But in everything, 
through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Take your burdens to the Lord. Let your requests be known to him. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. We need to live in peace. And we need to let peace call the shots in our lives and just direct our lives like that. All right, now listen to me. He'll intervene in your life. He's there all the time. There have been times where I just minding my manners, thinking about something, grass mowing or fishing, whatever. He'll say something and I'll just say, I didn't know you was listening. I didn't know you was here. Listen to me. He's here. Know you not that your body is the very temple of the Holy Spirit of Jesus that's in you? The moment you got saved, his spirit moved in right here and he's never been away from you. He's right here the whole time. I'll fear no evil because thou art here. And listen, how many times have you been going through life and he tried to reach out and grab you and say, oh, come on, come on. But you wouldn't listen to him. Well, he's not going to grab you by the throat. How many times you've been doing something, something went, mm, you got bothered right here. He was with you trying to intervene in your life. I just, I've had people say, you know, I just had a, I just got a feeling right here. I just shouldn't do that. Well, don't do it. Listen to the man and he'd direct our lives and everything. Now, let me tell you what dangerous is. Let me tell you when it gets dangerous. We're not going to look at it, but in Ephesians 4, it talks about people who have given God the finger so many times, put their fist in his face so many times that they have cauterized their heart and they can't hear him. That's Ephesians 4, 19. If you want to look it up sometime, people who being past feeling, they can't hear the voice of God anymore, have given themselves over to a profane lifestyle that destroys them. Keep your heart sensitive. Don't, don't be ugly to him. Don't run from him. Tell him, I want to hear what you got to say. We're not going to go there. We're going to be people that hear what he's got to say. I'm going to quit teaching you something. You can, you, can, you can have peace with God, but not have the peace of God. You need both of them. Jesus died to, get, to create peace between you and God, but he also died so you could have the peace of God and enjoy it here. Now listen to me. Romans chapter five, verse one says this. Therefore, having been made right with God through the blood of Jesus, we have peace with God. That means there's no problem between me and him. You ever had anybody, you thought something was wrong. You looked at me and said, is everything all right between us? They said, yeah. Well, he's looking at you saying, yeah, everything's all right between me and you because you put your faith in Jesus. At the cross, he brought peace with God. But then he wants you to have the peace of God. I'm gonna show you a picture of a man who had the peace with God but he didn't live with the peace of God. You need both. Simon Peter. I maybe think Simon was a follower of Jesus. Mark chapter one, Jesus walked up to him on the seashore and he said to him, commit your life completely to me. Follow me. Simon made a complete commitment. He gave up everything he had, his business. He said, I'm gonna follow you completely. Was he a total follower of Jesus? Sold out. Absolutely. He followed him 100%. He said, I'll die for you. Did he have the peace of God in his life? Uh-uh. Follow him a few days later, we're in Mark chapter four. Jesus told the boys, get in a boat. We're going across a boat. A terrible storm comes around and Simon is screaming, we're going to die. We're going to die. That storm jumped him upside down. He was, the Greek word is toe up. He was afraid. He was scared. He was scared of the future. This man had peace with God, but he had no peace in his life at the moment. Did Jesus have the peace of God on him? Where was Jesus during that storm? He was asleep. That's the peace of God. The peace of God is for now. Peace with God is for when you see him one day. He had the peace of God on him and Jesus slept through the street. So why was Jesus? Well, he gave you his peace. My peace I give unto you. You're going to need this. All right. And, so, and then all of a sudden Jesus just woke up. And what did he say? Oh Lord. No. He stood up and he said, Shalom, peace. And the storm settled. You need him to speak peace to your heart. You're troubled, upset about the future heart. I will hear what the Lord will speak for. He will speak peace. I love Psalm 106. He calms the storm, takes them to their desired place. But let me ask you a question. Ask you a question. Did Simon ever get to where he did have the peace of God on him? Oh, yeah. Follow him. Jesus dies. He's resurrected. He goes back to glory. You can find this in the book of Acts about three years later. <clears throat> Jesus is gone and a hellish persecution breaks out against the church. That little band of ragtag disciples and the government comes down on them, about like it fixed to do in this nation. And uh, James, they killed James. The governor said, kill him. So they drug him up there and just killed him. Now, not, not James of Peter, James, and John. James, the brother of Jesus who wrote the book. They killed him. Well, he saw that made everybody, he saw that made the religious people happy. He said, 
Well, if killing him made them happy, I'll kill another. And he asked, who's the head of that crazy little band? Somebody said, Simon's the head. He said, go get him. So they arrested Simon, put him in jail. He's going to be executed the next day. The Bible said that night, he was in chain between two soldiers. They were, I don't know what to, excuse me, four soldiers. I don't know what they're scared of. Redneck fishermen, you got to chain him to four soldiers to keep him there? They was nervous. And the Bible said an angel went in there, opened the cell door, tried to wake him up, couldn't wake him up. So the Bible said he smote him. Get up, boy. The angel had to pop him to wake him up. He was sleeping so sound, that angel had to whack him. See, when he was in a storm in Mark chapter 4, oh, he's going to die. It's terrible. He's all upset. How many of you know when the governor is going to kill you tomorrow, you in a storm? Dead asleep. He's sleeping so sound, the angel had to hit him to wake him up. He learned how to live in the peace of God so that nothing rocked his world. You know, I want you to learn how to live in the peace of God. I want you to just, if we lose peace, we rob, we're robbed of life. I want you to learn. All right, let me quit by saying this. That's my second quit. All right. There are four sources of information on this earth. You hear four voices. There are only four places you can get information from. Three of them will kill you. One of them will take you to a good life. Let's look at them. Turn with me to James chapter three. This is where the Bible identifies the four places that you get wisdom or information from. Dear ones, somebody know all of us need wisdom. And we're all looking for information. You know, go to Barnes and Noble, book after book on how to raise children, how to have a better life, book after book on self-help, book after book on psychology, book after book on how to make money, how to make a million before you turn a thousand and five, all that stuff. Everybody's looking for knowledge and wisdom so they can have a better life. There's only four sources according to the Bible. And you get to choose who you're going to listen to. And here's the four sources. The Bible said there's four places we learn things from. Let's look in James chapter 3, verse 15. James 3, 15. This wisdom does not come from heaven or God, but is worldly or earthly, sensual, demonic. What's the three sources of wisdom that you can get information from? It's either earthly, sensual, or it's demonic. You'd be surprised at the demons that are telling God's people how to live. All right, there's a fourth source. It's in verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above, when God's talking to you. All right, tell me the four sources of wisdom. And now everything you know came from one of these four places. It's either worldly or earthly. And that simply means the culture around you, the society you live in. You went to a university and you got college knowledge. That was worldly wisdom. It wasn't all bad, but it's not from above. And we get information off television. We get information off the internet. And surely by now, you know everything on the internet is true. <laughs> but we get information from the culture around us. What's the second place we get information from? If your word said sensual. That almost sounds like dirty sex, but sensual is the Greek word sarx, which is just flesh. That's what you think. That's natural human wisdom and reason. And I said, well, I've been thinking about this and I got it figured out. Are you sure? Sensual is your limited understanding. It's your mind. That's why the Bible said, lean not on your own understanding. That's how you got it all figured out. All right, number three, tell me what demonic wisdom is. Because I don't believe in that mess. You better start. Demonic wisdom is when the enemy's telling you how to live. And it's rooted in selfishness. All right, what's the fourth source of wisdom in there? Verse 17. It's from above. God talks to you. All right, you got four sources of wisdom. The culture you live in, your little mind, the devil in hell, or God above. Everything you got came from one of those four places. Now, somebody take a wild guess which way we ought to lean. All right, now here's the big question. All right, Brother Brian, how do I know the difference? It is so easy. Right here it is. It's so easy. Verse 15, let's go to verse 14. If you have bitterness, envy, selfishness in your what? hearts, not your head, in your heart. Do not lie, boast, and lie against the truth. If you got that stuff in your heart, that is either your culture, your thinking, or a demon talking trash to you. In other words, if you're upset, you're bothered, you're restless, you're nervous, you're afraid, you're not hearing God. You're either hearing your culture, you're listening to your own understanding, your own intellect, or you got the devil in hell lighting you up. How do you know God's talking to you? Read verse 17. 
But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peace. When God speaks to you, it's going to get peaceful in here. There will be no fear. There'll be no anxiety. There'll be no worry. Dear ones, what I tell you? Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Psalm 85, 8, I'm going to quote it again. I will hear what the Lord will speak. He will speak peace. I've had people say, well, I know this is God. God told me to do this. And I think, no, that's not God. God don't tear you up. God brings peace into your life when he speaks. And I said, not only that, what you said is stupid. I know it's not him. <laughs> then would you know God's voice by the effect it has on you? If you're upset and bothered and mad and nervous and, and confused, please listen to what I'm fixing. So I'm going to quote 1 Corinthians 13 to you. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. If you're confused, you ain't heard him. You crossed up between your culture, your head and the devil. God's not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. When he's, there's a peace just coming in this room right now. He's the author of peace. And when he speaks, you'll say, that's it. I know that's him. Let me tell you how I know it's him. It makes sense to me. You better run. You better run. I, we finally got rid about all our marriage counselors. They've all lost their minds. They fly under the Christian banner, but they won't go by the Bible. And a fellow told me, so you know that Christian marriage counselor y'all recommended? Me and my wife having trouble. He said, you know, he says, possibility y'all both ought to have affairs and it'll strengthen your marriage. He's off the list. You know, people say, well, that makes sense. You fell out of the idiot tree and hit your head on every limb on the way down. Listen to me. If a marriage counselor tells you something like that, listen to you, preacher. Put one hand over your billfold with the other and grab your wife and get the hell out of Dodge. That's what you need to do. Because that dude is angling for your squall. That's exactly what's happening. Listen to me. Listen to me. If it, don't li- if it confuses you, it don't line up with this book, that ain't the voice of God. It will always line up with this word and it will bring peace in your heart. The wisdom is from above. All right. Let me teach you one of the most important things you'll ever learn before we quit in this passage. Anybody here want a good life? You want your kids to do well? You want one of those great marriages? Does anybody want to be happy? Here it is. Verse 18. The fruit that's right or righteousness is sown in what? Peace. If you want something, you got to sow it in peace. You can't get there until you go to peace. Everything you're looking for has to start with peace. The seed whose fruit is right, what you're looking for, starts with peace. I don't care how good your seed is. You know, you know what? You understand sown. We got a farming picture here. I don't care if you got the greatest seed in the world. Farmers will tell you this. If you put that seed in bad soil, you ain't going to get a harvest. I don't care if it's the word of God. It's got to go through peace. I'm wanting to plant some wildflowers and I contact. I said, I want this right here. He said, it won't grow in your soil. He said, you got that old pathetic yellow clay soil and it won't grow. It's got to have sandy soil. And I said, well, I mean, if I bought the most high dollar seed, it won't grow because of the soil. What's the soil good lives come out of? Peace. It's got to start with peace. The seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That's why we have to make peace the number one thing in our lives and say, that's all I want. I'm going to start with peace. I've learned till you get peace, don't think. The last thing you want to do is try to figure something out. Get the peace of God. And I've learned, don't think. And whatever you do, don't ask nobody's opinion. I've learned to get quiet like Elijah, just get quiet. And a lot of times I'll just, I'll just... Forget what I'm thinking about. I'll just say, I just want to praise you and thank you. I just worship you. I might start singing and all of a sudden that quietness comes. Settles everything down. You can't get there until you go to peace. I'm in New York City one day driving a tractor trailer and I'm trying to get somewhere. And this is back before they had cell phones. And you had to actually pull over and ask people. It's back before they had that little girl that'd talk out of the front of your truck. You know, and tell you, turn here, turn here, turn here. I said, you telling me what to do. And I pulled over and asked this fellow, I said, how do I get to such and such? And um, he said, well, you could, uh, you could take the L.I.E. You could. Finally, he just said, I don't think you can get there from here. <laughs> he said, go to such and such and start from there. He said, you can get there from there. He said, that's dumb. That's one of the smartest things I've ever heard. People say to me, what's wrong with my old lady? What's wrong with them stupid youngins of mine? 
come on, keep getting in trouble. You ain't getting there from where you're at. Go to peace. From peace, you'll get to where you want to go. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. If you don't have peace, don't do anything. Till you get to peace, don't try to go nowhere. Let peace run in your life. And if you'll let the peace of God rule in your life, you'll never miss it. All right, you'll get to doing this. You'll get to experimenting with it. Now, let me point something out here. You have to humble yourself to be led by peace. It, it don't, listen to me, doc. It don't work like this. Tell me what you think. I'll think about it. <laughs> Speak, Lord. Thy servant listens. If you knew what he'd do for you, you'd beg him to tell you what to do. Every time. It's better. If we let the peace of God rule in our lives, you'd end up in the greatest place. And when you get to doing this a time or two, before long you'll go, he does talk, doesn't he? Matter of fact, you know what you say. This is embarrassing. You've been talking to me and I haven't been listening, have I? Just like Samuel. I've been listening to you all night. I didn't even know it was you. Because we keep wanting to hear something in our ear. Like you, we want to hear Alexander Scorby. Y'all listen to the BBN too much. Thus saith all. He don't talk. God's not British. He speaks to your spirit. You don't hear a British accent. You don't hear a religious accent. You hear peace. And if horny head's talking, you hear confusion, fear, nervousness, worry, anxiety, selfishness. It's all about me. World wraps around me. That ain't Jesus. Jesus was the crucified one. All right. Practice it. Practice it. If it don't work, I'll give you money back. Why don't you let him who was your savior be your burden bearer? Let him be your guide. Let me make an announcement. That man loved you enough to die for you. He'll guide you to the right place. Lord Jesus, I want to praise you and thank you so much, so much, so much. We, we've complicated this thing. I just laugh when I go in these bookstores. 13 keys to raising up the hedge of protection. Nine ways to have a better marriage. Where do we get all this stuff from? You said, let my peace run your life. I want to thank you and praise that if we just learn to turn off our heads, turn off our emotions, turn off the news, turn off everybody, and listen to our spirits and wait till peace comes in our spirit. Do whatever peace tells us to do. From that moment on, we'd find the right way. We'd never miss it. It'd always work out. I pray for everybody in this room. I pray in Jesus' name. If I could make them surrender, I'd do it. But you're not looking for robots. You're looking for lovers, sons and daughters brides. They have to agree to follow you. I pray in Jesus' name for the peace of God that people will choose. I'm going to let that man run my life. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to make the decisions. I'm going to live in peace and let him call the shots. Precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.